0: Welcome back to another episode of season five of the RAG podcast. As you guys know by now, this is the number one podcast across the recruitment sector globally. And we've always been on a mission to help recruitment agencies grow by interviewing founders and telling their stories of success from startup all the way to scale up and exit. Well, this season we're a little bit different how do you as a recruitment leader and founder maintain your family and friendships whilst being the best person at work how do you stay physically fit mentally and emotionally and how do you find time for yourself in the madness how do you find time for self-interest for hobbies and self improvement well to help you with this i'm going to be interviewing someone every single week that can demonstrate experience in one or more of these areas so i'm going to talk to recruitment founders and also some experts from outside the industry who can deep dive into things like relationships and health and well-being so sit back relax and i hope you enjoy today's show hello and good morning and welcome back to another episode of the rag podcast it is tuesday it is 10 a.m. on the 8th of February, 2022. The sun is not shining, but uh, that is not going to get in our way today. Um, I'm I'm so excited. I'm always excited. You know that. But this week, I am super excited. Um, I'm joined by Tom Hibbard. Tom is the founding director of Precision Resource Group. Now, if you don't know, it's a parent company that sits across a few brands. Panoramic Associates, a brand I used to compete with back in the day. IO Associates, Panoramic Care, and a company called Finitas. So Tom's career started in 2001, I believe, so just over 20 years ago uh, from S3, which a lot of recruitment founders, we all know, start their career in S3. And after eight years, he started the business um, with a partner in 2009 um, to officially, initially it was just to build a really profitable and enjoyable recruitment company. And I know he spent the first two years enjoying that, and then he took the decision to grow it. So I'm super excited to find out about uh, Tom's life. The growth of the business because it's they've had some real significant growth and uh, and everything in between. So let's get into today's episode. Tom, welcome to the Rag Podcast.
1: Thanks, Sean. Lovely to be here. It's not often I um, get to hear someone say that they're very excited to hear all about Tom Hibbard's life. So um <laughs> that's new. <laughs> hey,
0: of course. I'm not having that. I'm not having that. I believe that. um I believe that everyone in 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 your at least in your business anyway that the whole of the team are gonna 100 uh, percent they they would say they're interested whether they mean it or not is a different question we'll find that out and um, but Tom thank you mate no I'm genuinely excited we've we've spoke a couple of times now I've been looking obviously just started to partner with the business which I'm super excited about um but could you just do me a favour I've given a little intro there but give us the overview of the business today so how many people locations that kind of stuff because there is some significant scale you've built in this in this organization
1: yeah and it's changing rapidly um even year on year um i've been reliably informed by our director of people um that with the next intake um this month we're going to be up to 182 heads
0: 82
1: Um, or 80 182 wow yeah which I'm, i'm extremely proud of um, we began the year at about 130. So, um, given the pandemic um, or coming out of it, it's been a uh, particularly strong year in wow. that regard. Um, and yeah, the uh, the business is going from strength to strength. Um, location predominantly Bristol, um, yeah. you know, all headquartered out of uh, one office. Um, however, um, we've just uh, had the E2 uh, visa signed off for America, um, and so we're official. Uh, we've got oh. five or six guys in the UK working American hours at the moment, um, a couple of guys in Tampa ready to go. The offices are ready to go. So um, we're hoping to be live there in, in three months or so.
0: Amazing. That's exciting. Will you get yourself yeah. out there and have a, a nice little trip to Tampa? That'll be a nightmare, won't it? Do you need to ask that question? Yeah, no, I can't nice.
1: We're actually um, taking 30, 35 people, I think, out in a couple of months' time for an incentive that we ran uh, just to show them the area, show them the offices, meet a couple of the guys that are working out there. So that'll be fun. I'll definitely get on that. Um, yeah. And, then, you know, I'll hopefully get out there every couple of months or so. Um, but, you know, we've got some cracking people, um, you know, that are already working the market and doing very, very well. So we expect to see that particular torpedo um, in the water fly.
0: Well, it will. I mean, look, looking at a lot of the people I've interviewed and partners I've worked with and connections I have in the market, that US growth plan is, is real, right? There's lots of people doing it. It's not as easy as, as I think, it's not as easy as just landing in America and automatically you make double fees. I don't think it's quite that simple, but look, if you've managed to achieve what you've achieved in the UK, there's absolutely no reason why you wouldn't. So let's go backwards, Tom. I always like to start at the beginning, right? So you spent eight years at S3. Um, I want to ask you a question. Why do you think S3 just produces so many great business leaders? Why is, you know, I'd say it's like 30, 40% of all the people I've interviewed have worked, start their career at S3. What is it about that place that tends to produce such successful owners?
1: Yeah, and you'll never hear an ex-person, or I certainly haven't heard an ex-S3 person say that they don't love it. Um, You know, we all grew there um, and we all took so much from it. Different things, obviously. Um, But, you know, it was an impeccable training environment. The passion of the leaders, you know, owner led when I joined, um, you know, 2001, um, the company hadn't listed yet. It was still very, very, you're still very close to the leaders of the business, got to understand where it was going, the journey, the ambition. Um, and you just felt, you just felt like you were part of something massive. Um, and then everybody, you know, that does leave leaves for a reason. Um, and it's always a healthy reason. Um, and mine in particular was just that I felt that I had done and achieved everything I possibly could there. What was your um, role? What was your role at the end? I was the business manager at the end, had a team of about 25, 30 people. Um, the business, as I said, flopped in 2005. Um, personally, I felt that it's in order to achieve my wealth and my business aspirations. Um, I probably would just have to go and do something myself um, or join a business that was you know a lot smaller um, and in its infancy and had that opportunity for me. And so that's why I chose to move on. Um, you know in addition to the fact that we were just coming out of a financial crisis, um, you know 2008, 2009, S3, you know quite rightly were consolidating offices down. Um, my office in particular um, you know, was um, going to be brought into the Thames Valley Progressive region. Um, and there were a lot of redundancies at the time. Um, and the guys were great to me, you know, they offered some really exciting job opportunities, um, all overseas, uh, that, you know, ultimately tick a lot of boxes for me at the time. Um, but I've been thinking about this for, you know, two or three years previously. You know, business plans in the back of books that I'd written coming away, coming back from holidays and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I just have felt like I had lots more to learn whilst I was there because you could learn so much at S three, and that's why going back to your original question, it produces such great business leaders because you can just learn. Um, and then yeah, so I decided to you know respectfully say thanks for the last eight years, but I'd like to go and do something on my own now, um, and they were fully supportive of it.
0: Yeah. Well. Um- so what, what was the turn? When was that moment? Can you remember the moment you decided that's it? I'm definitely gone? Like, where were you? What were you? What was going on in your life? I was on holiday. I was in Portugal. In the it's, crazy how it's It's often that kind of situation, yeah. isn't it? It's often when we take ourselves out of something that we we get that clarity. Go on, tell us a bit more.
1: You just reflect, don't you? You're on holiday, hmm. it's time to take yourself out of the business out of the everyday, um, <coughs> rallying of people, you know, trying to deliver on results. Um, you know, think strategic thinking, you know, and it just gives you an opportunity just to let loose and all of that and think, okay, fine, now where am I going? What is this, you know, what 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 realign with, with what you want to achieve in life? Um, and I'd always have very ambitious plans and just work out how you're gonna get there. And then it was on holiday, you just get an opportunity to sit down and start jotting a few notes down, thinking creatively about what you would like the business to look like, and then eventually it was just a case of right, this is going this is gonna happen over the course of the next year or so. And it just so happened that it, it aligned with, as I say, the financial crisis, which is a funny time to start a business.
0: Yeah, that must have, did you, did you have some severe doubts about whether that was the right move to, to go alone in a, in, a, in a world that you kind of didn't know the future?
1: Yeah, categorically. But the beauty of it was, is that I started the business with Mark. And I remember speaking to another colleague of mine who'd left S3 in the north and cho- who chose to set up at the same time. And he yeah, was on his own. Um, you know, he'd been there 10 years or so. We are on the phone and he was like, you know, I'm sat here. I've been doing this for 10 years. I don't know who to call. I <laughs> don't know what to say. Where do I start? <laughs> um, but the beauty of starting with a business partner is that you, you, you make your decisions, um, you know, they're informed decisions and then, a month or two months down the line, you will categorically question those decisions. But you've got the beauty of speaking to one another and validating those decisions and continuing to push forward. And so, whilst it did raise some questions and that we did have, you know, some very tricky uh, months to begin with, um, you know, it, we never doubted that we, we'd make a success mm-hmm. of the business. Just how far we would take you, it. With another question:
0: What was the relationship with Mark like? prior what was he just a car is he another business manager how, how did that all come together
1: yeah so Mark and I worked, did the same job um within s3 but Mark for we uh, Compute futures mm-hmm. um and myself Progressive, and so we right. knew each other from trips away manager trips away um we knew each other's figures so we were you know we trusted each other and we weren't friends we you know we didn't really know each other as friends at the time it was actually a quite healthy thing to do which is wow. quite the opposite actually to when Neil got involved and we'll talk mm-hmm. about that in a moment um, yeah. but it was you know it was so it was
0: it was a sensible play. Um, Opposite me. Opposite. My, my, my business partner is my best friend, the guy who I, I did everything with. So, yeah, I can I can see both sides. I can see the benefit of sometimes it's difficult when it's your close friend. But then there's other times where I feel like I trust him more than anyone. So, you know, who else would I want to go on this journey with? So, it's like there's two. But I get it. So, was he on the journey at the same time when you went to Portugal? Was he already as equally at the same point as you? Or did it take you or one of you to kind of work on the other person to say, look, we should do this now?
1: It happened very quickly. No, not in Portugal. Um, when the, as I say, uh, when the decision was made with regards to the Progressive Bristol office um, and the decision was made that I wasn't going to continue with S3, um, I just bumped into Mark outside the office right. when I went to collect some stuff. Um, and, uh, you know, we just got chatting and he said, I heard that you were thinking about, you know, going it alone. Good luck to you. Have you considered a business partner? um and at that stage i hadn't um at all but i very quickly said if you were considering it i would definitely consider a business partner Mm. um and we got chatting that evening and um it happened almost instantaneously wow um yeah but mark had, you know as i did with s3 mark had a great relationship with uh, the computer futures guys and um you know he was very adamant that he was going to leave in the right way so mark stayed there for six weeks or so um, to do some gardening, leave and hand over in the right way. Um, yeah. I started plugging in some data.
0: <laughs> what What was your life like then? Like both you and Mark, what where were you at in terms of your outside of work? Like where were you? How was your life set up? Were you living? Were you married? Were you in relationships? What was it like?
1: Yeah, it was a very interesting time for both of us. Um, Mark got married. I got married um, whilst Mark was on his um, uh, garden leave. Right. So by the time I got back from my honeymoon at the time, um, Mark had just like just started working in the office. And so I walked in for my honeymoon, he's there. And we're still suit and booted, right? Because that's what we yeah. felt like we needed to do. Yeah. Mental um, and uh yeah, so I walked in and Mark, Mark's, um, Mark's there. I'm just married. Um, and Mark was getting married the coming December, so six months later right um, we're both really just starting that part that journey in our lives
0: um yeah. no children yeah. no children at the time um and so good time, got, to, yeah. good time to go I think good time to go before it gets before it gets really like you know ingrained in that family life you've got you know you've, you've probably got one foot out of the I want to go and drink every Thursday night mode which a lot of us went through in our 20s um, but then you know you're thinking about getting married, thinking about settling down, you know the, you know there's important things on the horizon. So get it get the first year or so out of the way before you know all of that happens. And the, the initial brand was Panoramic, right? Mm. What made you come up with that name?
1: Yeah, that was an interesting one. So it was we decided that we didn't want and this was after lots and lots of conversation. And obviously we have restrictive covenants in play. And so we decided that to begin with, we didn't want to go at tech. Right. We wanted to try something different um, and we decided we'd just go um, senior level hires. We wanted to make impactful placements. We wanted to build strong, long lasting relationships with clients. Um, yeah. And we wanted the, you know, if we were going to do a deal, we wanted it to be a big deal. Yeah. Um, and so Panoramic Associates was born to supply senior level interims in, to begin with into highly regulated markets, so public sector, finance, etc. cetera sat down, spoke to a couple of marketing friends, you know, sat down, talked about the the panoramic view, Mm. right at the very top of the, you know, we're building out, you know, building sites and things like that, not building sites, buildings, city buildings, you know, the idea was to place at the top, view from the
0: top, Um, it just felt, yeah, it felt appropriate, felt right at the time. Like it, and take us back to that first, because you mentioned in our pre-chat that your first two years were actually quite, what's the word? quite relaxed, quite lifestyle driven. Talk talk, talk us through that early journey. What was it like when you, when he comes back from, you know, you come back from Money Moon, he comes back from garden leave. What what was it really like starting off together?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, there's two sides of that story. So obviously you've got the pressures of starting off and, and, you know, we, we decided to start with no investment. No. That was a massive thing for us. Didn't want to take any investment, wanted full creative license over the decisions we made in that business. Wanted to make sure that we could grow it financially, um, make sure that we're in a stable position, we're in a healthy position, so that when we started hiring people, we could do it with a client base, we could point to the story, um, and we could do it without looking over our shoulders wondering how we're going to pay people. So yes, whilst it wasn't as pressurized as the you know, forthcoming years would prove, prove, didn't prove to be, um, there was still an element of we've got to get the business through the door here. So, mm-hmm. however, we'd spent the best part of 10 years for me, Mark, a little over 10 years, he's a bit older than me, um, at S3, and you know, we kind of needed to, you know, we we're a little bit burnt out, you know, we yeah. needed to fall in love with recruitment again. Um, and so we chose to do it that way for the first couple of years, just him and I, building that client base, getting back to doing deals. You know, we'd both been in, you know, non-billing roles for four yeah, know, How five years. How was going
0: backwards, because I, th- I think that was honestly one of the things that put me off. That actually led me to launching a marketing agency that was that I hadn't built for like two years properly yeah. and I, I just don't know if that, that bit of the job was like do I really want to go back to doing it and I'm sure I loved it but it definitely made me think and that's where I kind of went into a different direction but you go from a big team 20 odd people back to being on your own Billy. Really. Now how did how did you get on with it?
1: Yeah we were laughing. I mean we laughed a lot some of the things that we'd come out with And we'd look at just in a box room, the two of us looking at each other, making calls. Um, and you know, we'd really hold ourselves accountable to the quality. Um, and sometimes if you came off and it was awful, it was, ah, but you know, it was, that was, that, that was the challenge. Um, and that's okay because we would win. We knew we would win eventually. And when we would win, we would reward ourselves. You know, we, you know, we, we do a couple of deals in a week, you know, write up 25 grand's worth of business, 30 grand's worth of business. we'd go and have a game golf. Yeah. You know, that, was un- you know, that was unheard of, you know, for us to like, you know, go and take a Friday out without, you know, putting our hand up and, you know, wondering who we should ask if we could do it. You know, it's going to go and do that—that that was a lovely thing. That was a lovely part of my life. I enjoyed that, and I look back on it with you know, very, very fond, fond memories. And that was always going to be the plan. But eventually, we were going to get to that stage where it was like, right, okay, fine, we can do this, but we'll be doing it forever, or we can start seriously thinking about scaling this business. So that was two that years be- in. Was- about two, two and a half years in, yeah. What
0: yeah. sort of billings had you guys done at that point that had put you in a place of comfort to start hiring?
1: We got the business just between the two of us up to about 25 grand a week on contract. Nice. And it was only costing us five grand a month to run it. <laughs> and so over that period of time, that had allowed us to really build up the the exactly. reserves so that we could start investing. That was, that was it. And, you know, that two-year period had allowed us to look back and make, say, that decision of not taking on any investment was the right thing to do because now it's all ours mm. and we can grow aggressively. So that's what, yeah. So that's what.
0: Tell, talk it. us through that. What, what did you? How did that journey go? What was the first thing you did?
1: Yeah. So hiring people um, into
0: was fundamentally because it was high
1: value. The deal um, uh, volume was very, you it was quite low, um, and so bringing graduates because we weren't bringing in experienced people, bringing graduates into that type of environment. Which pretty much yeah, a very low deal yielding environment, and trying to develop them was it was tricky. It was walking through treacle. It was that that first couple of years after the initial two years, so two to four, maybe two to five years, was 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 tough. Uh, you know, you might have ten people, two of them be out sick, three of them be out on client meetings, and all of a sudden, you know, you've got five people sat in an office and it's deadly quiet again, and you're trying to coach them and develop them and teach them how to do this job. Um, so that was quite tough, getting past that 10 you know, 10, 10 heads. I remember, you know, you get, get to a stage, you think these guys are really doing well, and then all of a sudden somebody's like, you know what, this is not for me, and you lose a couple of people. It's one step forward, two steps back. But then we got that injection, and things started to gather momentum. We got ourselves some new offices, um, and we moved into uh, the new offices, and we had about 18, 19 people at the time. And that coincided perfectly with um, stuff. Coming back from Australia. Uh, Neil, I worked with um, when I first moved to Bristol in 2009. He went on to do a very big job for us three. He was country director in Australia. Right. We were great friends, right? So I was out on holiday and we were talking about the fact that he's going to want to get the kids home um, at some stage, you know, to be close to their family and their friends in Bristol again. Um, And I just said, whenever you do that, you know, we desperately want to now launch the tech brand. That's talk about doing it together. And that's what happened. And that's what allowed us to then, you know, stuff had huge ambitions. We had huge ambitions of growing the business. We wanted the S3 model, the group, if you like, yeah. which was then where we formed PRG, but then with the competing brands um, within it, not competing brands necessarily. Sorry, our brands don't compete. They just operate yeah. in different areas where they cross out. Mm-hmm. And so that allowed us to then grow. Um, and yeah, over the course of the next five, six years, you can see we've now got up to 182 people with four, four different brands.
0: I want to mention today's sponsor, Talent Ticker. Um, Talent Ticker have said to me, uh, they're quite interested in Valentine's Day. They said, you know, it's coming up. Valentine's Day is coming. Have you, well, first question to you, have you thought about it? Have you bought your significant other or anything? Um, but if you haven't, Talent Ticker is saying they're here to find you a special someone. Now, they're not about to launch a new app like Tinder for the recruitment industry, which might be an idea for someone listening to the show. But they are here to help you find the someone that's your next big client. So if you don't know, Talent is a predictive analytics platform that helps recruiters find out what's going on in the market at a deeper level than they could possibly do anywhere else. Now, to make you find more meaningful connections this year with the whole Valentine's Day theme They are providing an an exclusive list of the top 50 fastest growing startups that all recruiters should know. So this data that they've put together about these businesses effectively tells you that the companies on the list are all on the brink of a significant expansion and are perfectly primed to decide on a recruitment partner to help them grow. So it's free. Get hold of it. Use it. Go out there. Meet these customers find that significant other you can find it at www.get.talentticker.ai forward slash hoxo the link in the comments of the live as well as on the podcast episode if you just click and read so neil came in to launch as io associates
1: neil came in as an equal partner on io associates that was always the deal Um, His job was to, you know, run the run the business operationally, day to day, sales and operations. Um, you know, we would provide the facilities, financing, etc., and then act, be the leadership board with him. Yeah. Um, but then, as we knew, he did a phenomenal job. Um, yeah. He was always going to. Um, and then at one stage, um, you know, it happened a lot more quickly than I than I expected. You know, we decided to say, "Okay, fine. Well, that's just bring your IO shares back into PRG and bring you up onto the board as a." as yeah. a shareholder of PIG. So, cause he has such an impact on all of the brands now, not just IA.
0: Yeah, I imagine. So talk us through the change in you and Mark at the point of say from 10 to 18. And then again, when Neil comes through, like how does your role evolve? Cause I think if you look at most people listening to this show, they'll struggle to get through 10 and then they'll struggle again at say 20 to 30. So I want to talk about those like, two moments for you. How did you have to change as a practitioner, as an individual, to get the business from 10 to 18, 20?
1: You've now got three people you know, with a strong background in the recruitment sector that trust each other immensely um, and know each other's performances, know each other's strengths and know each other's opportunities. <laughs> um, and so we, it was all about that. It was all about understanding what roles we were now going to take on in the group in order to drive it forward, um, Mark is um, particularly strategic, extremely strong operationally. Um, anything that, you know, that we've done, and any other business owner will tell you, you know, that's that done, where they've grown a business from 20 to 180 heads, there are so many different things that you'll go through from a systems perspective, different CRM systems, different finance systems, hiring CFO, hiring an FD, you know um all the tech stack that we've implemented etc that needs somebody that is particularly passionate about that stuff um and very strong at doing it and mark's that guy so mark has overseen all of that you know getting us into america overseeing the visas uh, whilst actually overseeing the sales team as well within america that was mark's role yeah neil would run um sales um over io which is tech and engineering and arguably you know the Um, Well, no, it is. It's got the the, the largest number of heads on that team. Now, tech and engineering recruitment is very volume based. It was always going to be a big growth play for us. Neil would oversee sales in that area. And then I would oversee sales in our three other brands, uh, Panoramic Associates, Finitas and Panoramic Care um, with uh, the um, MDs or the directors underneath. And so it's just about making sure that we are all extremely aligned and accountable to what our areas of the business are. And that's still the same even though the succession that we're is building now in each of the brands is fantastic. It allows us to now propel ourselves even further into a more strategic. So when
0: you got, when you got to the point where Neil joined, you split the roles up very clear. What, what, what problems did you face though? Like you said at the beginning, it was two steps forward, two, three steps back or whatever. Mm. What were the next phase of, what was the next wave of problems? Cause it can't, it's not easy, is it? It's not like it's just, you hire someone like Neil and then that's it. What, I'm sure Neil would say it was like that, <laughs> um, but categorically
1: well, would say that.
0: Yeah, I mean, <laughs> he's not hovering in the background, and he's going to say it. after. But in terms of, in terms of, uh, yeah, that journey. Yeah. That, 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 talk, talk us through some of the challenges you face.
1: Yeah, I mean, so we grew io very differently to the way in which we started Panoramic Associates. Um, io was all about investment um, in heads, really? in tools um you know every resource that we needed you know we decided to go as aggressively as we possibly could at getting it off the ground and so that was a very different set of scenarios um uh not least um from a you know, pnl perspective that business was loss making um as we knew it would be um, and expects it to be um for a good couple of years um, and so you know, our balance sheet took a hit and yeah. but again that was the investment and then and so that was that was a tricky time that was a tricky time for me how, yeah, how,
0: how does that actually feel because it's it's all well and good saying we're gonna we know we're gonna have a dip to come through the other side but when it's go when you're going through you've been profit making profit making and suddenly the business starts to go like cash yeah. work
1: how does that feel yeah we were nervous yeah we were nervous. again we knew we would get there but that period of investment that period of growth was always going to be relatively painful i remember specifically we had an, um a, an accountant um, we were working with the currency firm, and there was this one particular accountant at the time that just look, was looking at the uh, books. And you know, we, we gathered you know, advice or ideas from anybody you know, that knows our business. Um, and we said, "What do you think about io?" <laughs> he went, "We need to do more sales." <laughs> went, well, that's not very helpful. We know that, but you know, it was a two-year period of us like, thinking this is going to have to take off because we have thrown the kitchen sink at this. And of course, eventually it did. Neil's very strong um, at building clients and then creating that job flow for people coming into the business. Trainees coming into the business being given five or six jobs to work on from a client is an absolute game changer because all of a sudden they're learning how to do their job. They're getting wins away and then they're not leaving the business. So the attrition rates were a lot stronger as well.
0: Yeah. Yeah. What Neil by the way commented and said uh, Neil does say that. You can see the comment there that pops up on the screen. So Neil Neil categorically said it was easy after he joined. Um anyway, so <laughs> the, business, the business took different shape. You've now got stronger leadership. You've got more investment going in. When was the point where you saw can you remember what like time which year was it when you saw right all this investment now is starting these, these people that we've especially in the tech brand that we've invested in are coming through, and it's mm. you, what you're capable of now as a group is much much bigger than what you're capable of before you invested. When, can you remember what that was like and, and when that was? A
1: couple of years ago, um, it was not just the tech brand. I, I always say to people now, you can point to um, tens of examples in each brand mm. of people that are absolutely killing it, um, and it's such a great environment to show people that if you commit to this role, you contribute, you're collaborative, you know, you're fun with it, you're positive, you're passionate about it, you can and you will succeed. So every single brand, you know, Panoramic Care, for instance, the reason we did that, well, that's because Dave Gini, one of our managers at the time, is uh, extremely entrepreneurial and came to us with an idea. And he said, I want to do something similar to what Panoramic Associates does, but not in the public sector. And the story will dovetail beautifully. And he presented it to us. And we're like, do what? We buy into that. Mm. Absolutely buy into that. That's Panoramic Care. And if you can see that team now, there's some phenomenal performers. And when you tell the story to people looking in about the relationship between Panoramic Care, Panoramic Associates, et cetera, it's very fluent. It is with all of the brands. And I'm keen to talk about that in a moment. Um, but then within our Panoramic Associates business, that's obviously our oldest our oldest um, uh, uh, brand, um, you know, our, our top biller will do about 1.5 million this year. Wow. Um, and that is, um, you know, that's top, top 0.1% UK recruitment, right? 100%. Um, yeah. It's phenomenal. Um, and But then there's a team of people within that brand that are all doing it. Then the um, engineering play, now we're doing, um, you know, we've got some cracking clients in the UK. And we've got some fantastic people that are servicing those clients really well. And the IT play within IO as well. Um, you know, overseas, Europe, um, and in the UK. I think there's you know 10, 10 people you know that you could point to on any brand and say that's how to do it. And so now we can see that the E, you know, as a result of that, it flows down. The headcounts are growing. The yields are improving. The yields are big. That's the biggest thing, isn't it? Right? You, know, you look at your business, and we know what a good business looks like. Everybody's striving for those 10k yields per head, um, and we're, we're nudging up. We're nudging up there now. Um, whereas, you know, in those years of investment, it was really difficult to do so. And Simon, RFD, very, very switched-on guy, would constantly have anxiety about that, and we would constantly say to him, "Trust in this. It's pull through. It's a period of investment." you are love at the moment it will come through
0: how long do you give people when they're not when then you know if they're new to the job graduate recruitment which is what you guys I know the model is built on yeah how have you got kind of a metric in play where you're like we'll give someone X amount of months and then it's you know we, we have to make a decision or how do you look at that? I've got in the main this is the the,
1: the the ethos of the business if somebody turns up with what you know I we call the care factor, day in, day out, if they really want to do it, they're really passionate about learning, they'll implement their actions, um, and ultimately, they care about succeeding. And that all comes through in their um, attitude and the way in which they engage in the business, how positive they are, then we know it'll work. And so, you know, if they need more investment, they'll get more investment. There are hundreds of examples of people in this, not hundreds, tens of examples of people in this business that haven't done a deal for their first six months or so, but you know it's going to happen because all of that stuff is being displayed. Mm-hmm. So only when somebody doesn't display that stuff when we're very passionate about that, it's not going to happen and we have an honest conversation and we agree between the two of us that it probably won't happen unless something changes. And so it's not necessarily about a time scale that, you know, that we would give somebody. It's about what they demonstrate along the journey. Activity,
0: exactly. effort, enthusiasm, right? I
1: yeah, get it. Yeah.
0: So, so, how has your life evolved at the same time as the business grown? And and are you again, what, what's your day like now? Like, like you, I know you've got a small child. I know you're going through a house development. There's a lot going on in your personal life. But what tell us how's your role? What's your role like now in the business? Yeah, well, uh, your role in the business, but how does it dovetail with your life? Because it's not going to be the same as when you started, when you were recently God married. And kids. Paint the picture of what a day and a week looks like for you right now.
1: Yeah. And I mean, you know, it's totally different, right? Yeah. I think mean, arguably um, going from that period of two to six years into the business, I got the balance slightly wrong. You know, I um, put my heart and soul and every minute of every day into um, PRG um, and that came at a, a cost. We're all learning, right? Um, you know, a, amongst other things, my first marriage didn't necessarily work out. You know, right. One of my best friends to date still, but didn't work out for a lot right. of reasons. And, you know, I don't mind saying, you know, you're real human. I've been there. it happens, right? And, and that's okay. That's okay for that to happen. As long as things are done in the right way. Um, and I think I look back at that and I think now my balance my balance um, is, is pretty much spot on. So I don't, you know, so I, I, I'm committed, I'm equally as committed to this business as I always have been. But I think that we've got, I'm, I've alluded to the succession, we've got um, directors and senior managers in our business right now that, you know, are just absolutely flying. They do such a great job. It allows you to go and look more strategically at what needs to be done. Um, but then also it allows you to make some decisions about your personal life. Um, that, you know, are really important. So, you know, my new partner, you know, for instance, I'm, you know, I, we've been together for a couple of years. I'm absolutely intent on not making those same mistakes. You know, so if I'm going to, I'm going to Barcelona with the company for a week, we're doing our AGM out there. I'll come on, talk about that in a moment. Um, but, you know, it's like, you know, come along, work from Barcelona, you know, let's enjoy this journey together. Um, the little one, Isabella, um, you know, I, I will leave work um, at 3 o'clock on a Monday to do school run, it gives me a great opportunity to force myself to say, I'm not going to work, and I'm not going to go back to work after I've picked her up from school. We're going to go back, we're going to do your um, homework, and then we're going to do whatever it is we want to do. Yeah. On a Tuesday, I'll leave at 5, um, and I'll pick her up, and we'll go and do singing lessons. Um, every week we do singing lessons. She absolutely loves it, and it's my opportunity to drive there half an hour, talk to her about it, Sit in the singing lesson. Come back. Talk about it. Now, Is you got her from the first relationship or the current relationship? First relationship. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. She's yeah. Ten years. old, Yes, yeah, so and she's ten now. Right. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, even this morning, right? We're getting up for school run, and you know, it, it's a you have to be rigid, you know, in your in your in your timetable. Um, in the hours of six till eight. If you're not, then the whole day can go to pot. Yeah. Uh, but then all of a sudden she's poorly this morning, and says, "Okay, fine. Wow, I've got to get to the office. I'm doing this podcasting."
0: <laughs> <laughs> you really,
1: so how did you manage that? I uh, luckily enough got a really supportive partner um, yeah. and great friends with my ex, and so we just work it all out together. Um, and you know, it, as I say,
0: the balance couldn't be any better. Wow, that's uh, it's one of those things, isn't it? Like you, we all come to work and we all do our best, but there's the shit that goes on behind that you, you not everyone knows and not everyone appreciates. How would you say, say you? You approach that with the people in the business, you know, and I think the pandemic probably evolved our, our mindsets. Some I listened to a podcast in Australia with Pete Watson today, and they talked about the four day week, you know, two brands rolling out the four day week. And they talked about how the pandemic probably changed the way they trusted their people to the point where they now have actually given them a day a week where it's I mean, it's it's not necessarily off, but they They kind of like they they choose what they do that day if they want to work or not based on their diaries. So, how have you guys approached that? A balance, knowing everyone else's. I mean, you've been through some shit yourself. You you know what life's like. How do you approach it?
1: I mean, it's you know, almost thank God for COVID, right? Mm. You know, you know, there is not one part of me that would have felt thought that we could get to this stage if we hadn't have been forced into it. Obviously mm. I said that lightly, not thank God yeah. the perfect, but yeah. you know, if we hadn't have had the pandemic, there's no way in the world that we would have been forced into a scenario that would have made us realize that we can do this differently. And it's fantastic. We've got this um, performance based flexible model that we've implemented now as a result of it. We have people that work from home full time. We've got people that don't live anywhere near Bristol. Um, that we've now employed throughout the pandemic live in London we don't have an office in London but they work our markets and we trust them implicitly to be able to do it from home we've got people that do you know two or two or three days from the office or two or three days from home but it's all about performance if you can't perform in that model then you know you need to come in and have the resources that are available to you you need to be able to have the support of a manager the support of your peers and your colleagues you know Guiding you through through certain scenarios, the support of our L and D team. You know, it's you can train from home, you can do it, but you can. But if somebody's really struggling from an environmental perspective, and they need that support, there's no substitute for the office. So, would you take
0: a graduate who wants to work remotely? Then would you do that, or do they? Okay, so
1: yeah, so the graduates at this stage, no, that's not that's not possible. because you know and again this is where i think boris got it right the furlough scheme um was just you know we used it so well um and it was it was so appropriate that we had 35 people i think maybe even 40 people that were what should we class trainees at the time march to march two years ago um and those guys you know it came became apparent very quickly we're just going to sink you know yeah. we they weren't going to be, they didn't know how to do this job. They didn't know how to develop a client and they certainly couldn't do it on their own from home. And so the only fair thing to do would be to use the furlough scheme so that we didn't have to part company with them. We didn't want to do that, that we'd judged those guys to be good enough to be part of our business. And so we wanted to see that through. And so we used furlough for those guys and then we brought them all back into the business as soon as we were able to be here. And there's some fantastic um, examples of people that have now, you know, really yeah. flying as a result of that.
0: But the loyalty with, with you guys will be so high because of that as well. But
1: they'll, they'll, oh, God, yeah. And also, our, you know, for the sake of our sleep at night, you know, we, 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 it's not just about getting loyalty from people, but, you know, we want to, we want to be, we want to be able to sleep at night knowing that we've done the right thing by people. Hmm. That is so, so important. Um, but yeah, so a graduate no at the moment until they got to the stage where they were skilled enough to do it and so we have a ratchet if you're a consultant you can have two days a week working from home and so when they get to consultant stage they're skilled enough they know how to do it they can how
0: long is that in your business from starting to get to consultant? how long does that typically take?
1: it's not a time scale it's based on a certain level of performance number of deals that they have done so that's that demonstrates to us and to them that
0: they know what they're doing and that they're capable of doing it what would what would an average person uh, say six six, six months. placements yeah oh six placements so what yeah. six, could be six months could be 12 months depending on the it depends person. on it could be three could be three months yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah okay and then when the two days a week from home and then if they get then there's some instances where you've got people who like you say they don't even live in Bristol are they yeah. are they coming in with experience at the point you've hired them yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there's four or five examples. People living in
1: London or Birmingham. Um, one of our consultants actually that was hired before she's now moving up to Scotland. There's all sorts going on, um, but it, it, yeah, it, you know, I can't stress enough. Yeah, it's all about the people. Everything we do comes back to our people. You know, everything that we do. Um, but it, it, it's not possible for somebody to work from home and not perform, and that be a sustainable scenario. And so that's why we just say you, know, you have the flexibility, but it's you know it's based on performance.
0: What well, one thing we've been speaking about recently on the show is is this whole work from home topic. And I've had some pretty opinionated people say like I genuinely don't believe people can make as much money if they're at home, and others think they're idiots and that they're living in the dark ages. It sounds like you're a little bit in the middle there. So it's like you feel like the early days is is really important, and then. You know, it's, it's just performance related, depending on how you want to do it after that point. I guess my question is, How have you been in a scenario where there's someone who's shown enough to get to the point where they can do a couple of days moment, home, but then not shown enough that they can keep it going? And you've yeah. had to call that back. And how did they respond to that?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And that's just a conversation, isn't it? I've had one very recently with somebody that I've got a very great, you know, very strong relationship with that um, is probably, it's a senior consultant um, that, you know, flew in the office, is doing okay from home, but they would do a lot better if they had more support around them um, and have that conversation. And we've agreed that they're going to come in a little bit more often. Um, You know, it doesn't have to be, you know, one or the other. You can mold it for each scenario, each person. So yeah, it's a conversation with somebody, and if they choose then not to come into the office and they still can't perform, then again, you know, that's the same as anything. It's, it's just not a sustainable scenario.
0: No, I agree. And it's only going to go one way, really. Yeah, I, mean, I, 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 I think it makes sense. I think for sure. I think it's, it's such a difficult one because one, if you if you do flex on, if you flex too much for certain people, it can create some inconsistencies that cause bigger problems. But if you treat everyone like a number and a robot and do the same thing, then it, it, equally in a world that we're in now, where everything's merging, I don't think that'll work. What well, um, what's been your what's been your worst moment as a business owner? What would you say has been the worst moment? If you could go back to the shittest day or shittest time you can remember,
1: as a business owner, the worst yeah. moment. Wow. Yeah. Probably coming. Probably um, being. Um, Making the fast track 100 and coming 89th. <laughs> right. we, we genuinely were walking around the golf course, um, waiting for the call from our uh, head of marketing, um, expecting to get top 10. We'd built that in our heads. Yeah. We we're brilliant. We're going to be top 10. This is fantastic. It's our first year of entry. And she calls me. And uh, Michelle said, yeah, no, it's great. We made it. We're 89." <laughs> <laughs> um and i'm mean, not sure
0: that's the worst day you know, right, that's so, a pretty i can see and that we've out the sales a little bit still a positive but have you have you ever had moments where you question whether or not you're doing the right thing or you no, never had a, never had a moment where i've questioned i'm doing the right thing um
1: but you know there will be dark days we know that you'll lose clients It happens mm-hmm. you'll lose great people you know, you need to limit it as best you possibly can, but it's going to happen. You'll lose great people and you will be saddened by that. You know, there, there are examples where you know, some of your best people will lose contract runners or their best deals will drop out um, and you'll see the color drain from their treat cheeks yeah, yeah, and because they? you're in it with them. You're in the trenches of these guys still. And I believe that we, you know, we want to be 500 people in the next seven years. Um, and we've got a lot of work to do, so we're going to need to be in the trenches with them for a long time yet. And so you build strong relationships with people and you want them to win. And when you see them lose, that, you know, It, it it's draining. It is. And then you've you got to be there with them and their directors or their managers to, to, to pick them back up. And so I wouldn't say there's one huge event that was the worst day of my life, but there are lots of um, events in business that challenge us. Yeah, it's, it's, it's the industry, isn't it?
0: hundred percent. What, what do you think stops a lot of businesses getting to the scale you've got to? Why do a lot of recruitment companies not break past that 30, 40 mark? Okay.
1: Well, again, it's, it's hard to answer, um, for other recruitment firms. Um, I think what will have stopped us, um, getting past that stage, if, if anything was to have done would have been the development of leaders. The development of leadership is so important we're investing heavily and you know it you know, people, you know we may talk again and you may ask me well what would have stopped you getting from um, 180 to 300 people you know and it will be the same answer think now about you know what we're doing with some of the guys you know, you know constant um, career planning constant game planning constant opportunity planning um, development um, an example you know we we've, we've, we've just bought in a um, uh learning psychologist to work with, um, or performance psychologist, sorry, to work with, uh, 25 of the leaders in the business. Yeah. Um, you know, and that's, uh, that's, it's, it's it, uh, we're, we're putting ourselves through it as well. You know, I haven't had any official training since I left S3. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, it's about, you know, given, and it's not from the recruitment industry, we're very, you know, adamant that we want to do something different, you know, we don't want to teach people stuff that we, how far need. are
0: you into the, the sessions with this person?
1: We're only a couple of sessions in each and we've got them for a year. Um, and so, yeah, it's a, it's a real, it's a, it it gets you thinking, um, really does, and it's all about understanding. It's not about changing you as a leader. Um, it's about understanding who you are. There's four different types or five, six different types, actually. It's about embracing that strength, that, that look at all the strengths of being that type of leader, but then also recognizing the other sides, the other areas, and just opening your mind to being a little bit more like that in certain scenarios. Yeah, um, And when you read your profile, it's so every single person on the course so far said, wow,
0: that's accurate. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's a real eye opener. And it does did it, do a lot to work on. Does that stuff stretch into the personal side as in your life outside of work? Or is it just looking at leadership in work? Well, I mean, no, it
1: certainly does. I've let, I've let my partner read mine, um, you know, and, and that was a, you know, a conscious decision. Brave decision. But exactly. And I've had some feedback. Um, yeah. But and I, I welcome that. You know, that's that that's sort of part. I want to be better in everything that I've done. I mean, it was, I think I mentioned to you a while ago, um 2015, I think it was, there was a certain period of growing the business where I felt a blockage. I felt like right. I was my performance was being um, limited by um, the way in which my mind was working. Um, You know, I'm quite an obsessive person. I do have quite a lot of OCD. um, And I was speaking to a very successful um, colleague of mine, friend of mine, actually, um, who um, had been been on a a number of um, CBT therapy sessions. uh, And he just talked to me about it. And uh, I researched it, um, identified somebody, um, started speaking to them. And I spent um, about 18 months talking to this person. And I just felt like it freed my mind um, from a business perspective. allowed me to take the shackles off, but also from a personal perspective as well. Um, You know, it stopped me checking a lot of doors.
0: Well, think about it, like you said it before, right? You're very open that one marriage didn't work. You're now into, I mean, I'm in a very similar situation. I'm in a new relationship, I'm out of a marriage. I wouldn't say that my business necessarily was one of the reasons I don't think, but there's lots of factors I contributed to the dem- demise of that relationship. And I have a performance psychologist I- I'm speaking to tonight. I can't wait. Like it's every two weeks now. It's gone yeah. from one week, which I'm trialing weekly this year and I'm itching. It's a guy called Ari who's on my, was on my podcast not long ago. And you know, we talk about work and personal life. It's very fluid. But I think you can't have one without the other. You you know, if you you think about your team now, all these leaders, if they've got problems and pressures outside of work that they can't deal with, they're not going to be the best versions of themselves in the job. Um, So it's that I don't think there's so many recruitment companies that just they see a line. I mean, business in general, they see a line between the personal and the professional. And it's like, leave your shit at home, bring your A game. And it's just, I I don't think it's it's realistic yeah it's bollocks it's just not the way people live anymore like zoom has brought i've got two dogs behind me while i'm recording the show right you know you, you when we spoke the other day you had builders in the background like we learn about each other on a level that we never did before yeah and i think it's about embracing it rather than fighting it um totally. that's, that's my opinion what before we we got about 10 minutes tell us about the growth plans that you've got because you, you just suddenly dropped really casually. I was going to five from 500 people. I'm like, whoa, okay. Tell us more about what's this vision you've got and why.
1: Yeah, it's 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 what gets us out of bed in the morning. Okay. Um, we made a decision three years ago. Um, that it was the, the decision was we needed to roll out the plan um for everybody, and we need to make sure that anybody, regardless of how much time they'd spent with us. Um, Ten years or a day knew what we as business were trying to achieve, yeah. <clears throat> and we just didn't think we had that, um, and so we 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 brought it to life for people. Um, and it's part of the mission, the vision, whatever you want to call it. It's the ten-year plan, um, and we're three years into that now. And I'm pleased to say we're tracking above it, and so it's becoming very very real for people. Mm. But we want to get to 500 heads, um, and that isn't just an arbitrary number. You know, we've done we've we've modeled it out. Um, You know, there are certain things that as a leadership team, we want to achieve. There's a big wealth play there. Mm. Um, We'll want to take on investment. Um, We're talking to lots of people at the moment about what that may look like. We want to create wealth opportunities for the leaders of this business, not just the founders, the leaders, people that come on the journey and help us achieve what we want to do. Mm. Um, And so that number of 500 over the course of the next seven years is very real and it means a lot to us that then obviously translates out into gp ebit etc and yields etc etc which we don't need to share but that's the vision for the business and we see ourselves over the course of the next year we're 182 people now we see ourselves over the course our financial year ends in april by next april we'll see ourselves at 300 heads 250 in the uk um and 50 in the us
0: so then you've got six years to grow 200 that sounds really if you're going from one 30 or whatever last year and you'll be at 300 like yeah. is it big do you think the scale will have to slow down because you just the amount of people that can leave and will be hired and when to go from three to six is it because it, it's you know you've gone from 150 to 300 in two years and then yeah. six more years to double it what do you reckon is there a reason do you reason think
1: do you, are you saying do you do we think we could achieve the 10-year goal in eight
0: i'm, I'm yeah it just sounds like you yeah. know You've you've kind of rapidly gonna get in the in the yeah. time get to get to, to halfway there, or sixty yeah. percent of the way there, then you've got this big period to get the rest. Yeah. Whether yeah. or not you'll achieve it early, or do you foresee actually the real challenge is gonna be three, four hundred Because uh, so I important. think
1: we can I think in answer to the question, I think we can get to our ten year goal okay. in eight. Um this last year um you know has been epic. The 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 revenue has grown um fifty percent. Hmm. Um, and we we rolled out the budget. We roll out. We we have a very uh, intensive budget season coming up. Um, we do it for three months um, to, in quarter four every year, um, and we involve the um, business leaders in each brand, um, and we we talk through what we need to achieve um, every figure under the sun: contract GP perm starters for the year, total uh, you know, NFI, whatever you want to call it, yields, what that needs to look like, head count. Average deal values, average weekly GPs, all of that stuff. And we live and breathe it. We live and breathe it throughout the course of the year. The budget is reviewed continuously, and um, the board meetings, and um, we go through it meticulously. Last year, um, we said to the guys if we achieve um, a certain level um, uh, of GP this year, which would have represented over 50% growth, we will take this AGM overseas. That's what we'll do as a reward. For all of your hard work and all of your commitment, and for just you know working you know with all of the values that we hold dearly to our hearts, that's what we'll do. And there was a lot of skepticism in the room. They're looking at us as if we were bonkers. You know, it was like, "Wow, is this just like a play to try and get us as motivated as possible?" And look, I'm delighted to say we're going to surpass that. Mm-hmm. We're going to significantly surpass it. We'll, we'll surpass it with a month to go um and so we're taking 182 people to Barcelona um on the 5th of May for the AGM which I'm very proud to talk about you know.
0: It's, it's, wow I, I know yeah,
1: yeah we can't all go from the same airport um, no. so, yeah, a few people getting shipped to Britain. you won't all
0: get in one hotel either, you? you? have to book a, a fair, we
1: managed few. to get the same, everyone in the same hotel, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The travel company sorted that out, yeah, and then wow. a few people will be staying on afterwards. Um, but that's exciting. So, can we do that? Absolutely, 100. The eBit is flying at the moment. Um, you know, we're achieving well, again, we've surpassed the eBit by a significant amount. Uh, yeah, so I think it's probably inappropriate. What's, what's driving
0: you though, Tom? Like, I look at it and I think. So it all sounds amazing, right? It's brilliant. Like, but I imagine the bit right now means you probably could live the life you want. You could probably do whatever you want. You know, you're not. I'm sure you're not financially struggling. I'm sure you could live a great life and treat your your daughter and whatever all the rest of it. Why? Like, what's driving you? Where's this coming from? Like, what? What does it? Why does it matter?
1: Look, there have been some. There are a number of reasons for that. Um, you know, to be brutally honest, there have been some exits um that have happened this year from businesses that I know and I know well um, and they have been extremely impressive, um, you know, not just from a wealth creation perspective, but looking back, leaving a legacy mm. a sense of achievement, a sense of pride, all of that stuff drives me. Um, and we aren't there yet by any stretch of the imagination. And this is a job half done. There is so much for this business to achieve and I'm so excited by it. Talking, getting up and talking in front of people, the business about where we're going what we want to achieve and then actually doing it and and being able to look people in the eye and say told you that we could do that we did it together um for me you know that's what gets me out of bed in the morning also I'm only 45 right what would i do uh you know without <laughs> the business you know what would i do i play golf
0: um you know and i you know probably go to the pub <laughs> that is know? dangerous isn't it the thought of it retiring early you got all that money yeah. in. you would exactly. probably have- drinking or eating lunches every day and you'd end up like a big fat mess so you go <laughs> and i've interviewed a few people who've said it's their darkest year the year after selling you know it's like but is that yeah. is that the vision? saying seven years early 50s do you then see perhaps you would step away and, and exit? 50s, all yeah. And, or?
1: yeah and remember it's all about you know looking the the guys in the eye that we've promised this to and saying we told you that there would be another round we told you that it would be a significant wealth vehicle for you to play a part in take it to the next level um you know it's been able to sleep at night knowing that i don't have to be involved in this business anymore if i don't want to be you know, i don't you know there's i don't have to go and do anything else if i don't want to be financially i've achieved my objections objectives sorry um personally i've achieved them um you know my aspirations they've all been met so i don't have to I can now pass the baton on to other people to help them achieve theirs. That's genuine. That's the, that's like you know. It's you know,
0: like a chairman type role where you'd still be involved on the board and potentially, yeah, absolutely. I don't think that, you strike me as you love it. You absolutely love it. Like your face and you talk about. It. I can't see you walking away and chilling playing golf. I think mean, you'll be. Don't good. tell them that because they
1: won't, <laughs> then they won't believe
0: it. No, but even if you're like once a month involved going out helping out with things i just think you'll yeah. be on that annual trip to barcelona you'll be there i, I guarantee it
1: <laughs> i did say i was i was chatting to mark and neil the other day i said you know when when we do get to this event let say it's five years time can we still go to the club lunches <laughs> yeah yeah i yeah i do i love it i couldn't love it anymore i'm so passionate about it
0: i love it what what would you say you've you i think you mentioned public did you mention you've done a public speaking course was that am i making that up no again
1: it's investment in um, yeah. people in the business um and we, we you know this we, we did we did one we'll be doing them again and again the guy that did it um for us he he'd just done a ted talk he was a you know he, he's a good guy um, knew his stuff um and we did we put about 30 people on his public spe- um, speaking course to help them you know lead the business to help them at agms to help mm. them at monthly kickoffs to help them with their clients um to, we do a lot of meetups um, you know, create a lot of communities, um, you know, within the areas that we specialize within it's so important that people can deliver upon those confidently. And so that was a big investment for us. Um, but well, the funniest part, uh, I think for me was that the guys that, you know, the whole theory behind it was mapped task, make a point, tell a story you know, with your vignette. Um, and, uh, he said, you know, within your vignette, you know, it's wide, widely accepted that, you know, 20% of it can be embellished. Um, which was um, which was you know a, a bit of a curveball for me because I've been working on sixty percent for the last twenty five
0: years. So. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm I'm speaking at the recruitment agency expo tomorrow. Maybe I should. Uh, oh, okay. I haven't done it. I haven't done it for two. I mean, I, I I present on Zoom about fifty times a week to like hundreds of people. So I, I don't really. It's not something that worries me. Whether I'm any good at it, you can decide if you come and watch. But it's not something that ever worries me. But I know for some people, it's it's a it's a bit of a fear. So great. I think it's really admirable that you've you've took that time to invest in yourself. And I think that's what I've picked up from this whole conversation is that, you know, you're really passionate about the people you've invested in the people you're spending money on things. You're, you've got a vision that all it's all about the people. It's everything about your brand has become about the people, which I think I'm sure that they'd be very proud to, to be part of. Um, I've had one question from a guy called Thomas Woodhams who says, what's the hardest challenge you face in the recruitment industry? It's quite a, quite vague. I'm going to leave it as a, what do you reckon? What's the hardest thing about, I'll say, what's the hardest thing you face leading a business in the recruitment industry? Last, last question. Yeah. In the UK,
1: it's just a fierce competition. You know, you're trying to get, um, you can't get enough experienced people. So you've got one choice. You've got to bring in graduates. and you've got to train them and train them well. And then you've got to get those people to a skill level where they can take business from a client that's got a 10-year relationship with another supplier and convince them that they're the way to go. That is just not it's just not easy. It's the yeah. toughest thing to do. Um, and so the development of those types of people in volume is is for me the, the biggest challenge. And that's that's one of the things that will stop you from being able to get from 40 to 180 people not being able to develop enough those people in order to develop those people you've got to develop great managers and great leaders to develop those people
0: and i think that the more i interview the the people that are in bigger roles bigger businesses like yourself it's it's a very similar story like the the investment in others and the focus on others becomes paramount to that success um tom time's up we're uh we've just done over an hour i can't believe it's gone so quick mate thank you so much for giving us the time you're um, welcome. I'm going to have you back on, and I want to see how you're tracking again. I'm going to hold you to that. I think you're going to achieve the 500 way in advance of the six years. Um, but I'm let's let's check in in say a 12 months time and see where you are on that. Um, yeah, enjoy if, it. if anyone's watching the show, wanted to pick your brains on either leading a business or wants to, you know, think about even joining the the business so and is compelled by the story. What's the is is dropping you a message on LinkedIn? Okay, is that a way to get hold of you? I'd love that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I'd love that. Yeah. Be more than happy for that to
0: happen wicked you'll be tagged in everything that we have um I'm, uh, I'm i'm gonna i'm gonna leave it there guys thank you so much for listening um it's been an absolute pleasure today and uh i'll be back again next week with another guest I've got some wicked guests lined up i'll be at the recruitment agency expo tomorrow from i'm speaking at 2 p.m in in i think it's theater two so hopefully some of you can hear you can hear my dogs going crazy now they're all they're ready to get out of it. so i've got to go um But I'll see you all again next week. Thank you, as always, for listening to today's show. I truly, truly hope that you got value from it. That's the only reason I take time every week, is to ensure that my audience, future, and existing recruitment owners are learning from each other to make this industry that I love so much stronger. Today's episode was brought to you by Hoxo Media. I am the CEO and founder of Oxo Media, and we are the world's leading content marketing and personal branding agency for recruitment businesses specifically. So we are working with over 200 agencies and 2000 recruiters right now, both managing the brands, producing content, building written video podcast content for niche recruitment agencies all over the world, as well as coaching at a desk level individual recruiters in your businesses how to be better on LinkedIn. That's how to brand themselves. That's how to produce content. That's how to use the opportunity on LinkedIn to get traffic to their profiles and turn that into business. We're coaching people all over the world every single day. If any of that sounds of interest, please do visit www.hoxomedia.com or drop me, Sean Anderson, a personal message on LinkedIn. and would love to talk to you. Tune in again next week, that's live on LinkedIn, or you can catch the show on the following Monday from 6 a.m. on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. I'll see you soon.